If the internet says it's true, it just might be. Welcome to the show. It's a brand new name, a brand new theme song, but the same show that many of you have been listening to for the last 25 weeks. A listener has sent me a voice note of something they learned on the internet, and we're going to check it out. So this week, we're talking about the end of the world, and it comes from Joel. Hey, Michael, this is Joel from Shepherdstown, and I just learned that CNN has a special doomsday video that they will play when the world ends. Thought you might like to check it out. I've heard about this as a rumor, and I didn't know if it was true or not. It sort of reminds me of the alternate speech that Richard Nixon had his speechwriters prepare in case the moon landing ended in catastrophe. Maybe that would be a good future episode. But for now, let's search Doomsday CNN video. Okay, it looks like not only does this video exist, but there was a leak and it was actually released and put onto the internet. Wow. I often wonder if there's an end of the world event, would it be something that we'd even be able to prepare for? Would any television news network have the time to make a call to the control room and say, play the thing? Or what if it was sort of a slow die-off that happened over the course of several months or years and we didn't even see it as the end of the world until it was too late? Well, CNN was prepared for it. And in this case, the story starts with CNN's founder, Ted Turner. Ted Turner was once called the lost tycoon by the New Yorker. The man who started CNN in 1980 and subsequently became a media mogul is known to be an eccentric and often dramatic risk taker. His role in creating Turner Broadcasting and its many subsequent channels saw some of the world's most memorable and tragic moments broadcast from what was really the first 24-7 news channel. It was the only network that aired the Space Shuttle Challenger disaster live. It created a saga out of the rescue of baby Jessica McClure as she fell down a well. From constant coverage of the Gulf War in the early 90s to the coverage of the Oklahoma City bombing, the Bill Clinton impeachment, the release of Nelson Mandela, to the fall of the Soviet Union, CNN created the concept of round-the-clock news coverage. And this was part of Ted Turner's vision for the news channel. Here's audio from Turner when he announced the launch of his cable news network. One reason I'm pursuing this thing as strongly as I am is not just, uh, not just uh, for us, but I think the people of America need this in-depth news service, and uh, I'm willing and have been willing all along to risk everything that uh, I have to provide that service, and uh, we're going to provide it come heck or high water. We intend to cover all the news all the time. That's and, and since we're going to be on for such a long period, continuously, we sign on on June 1, and barring satellite problems in the future, we won't be signing off until the world ends. That last part. Let's listen to that again. Barring satellite problems in the future, we won't be signing off until the world ends. Many thought it was just a quip, just a joke. But around eight years later, in 1988, rumors started circulating of a doomsday tape. The New Yorker published an article talking about the possible existence of the video. Until this point, it had been a rumor, but this article in the September 12, 1988 New Yorker was an interview of sorts with Ted Turner himself. 
He had apparently brought someone from the magazine into the studio and played the so-called sign-off tape for them. They reported watching footage of a military band, a combined Army, Navy, Marine, and Air Force band, playing the national anthem, and then the song, Nearer My God to Thee. If the title of that song sounds familiar, it's because that song is famous for being the one the band played as the Titanic was sinking. As they viewed the tape, the New Yorker reports that Turner said he couldn't even watch it without getting tears in his eyes. He had to leave the room. Looking at the international political climate in the late 70s and the 80s is crucial to understanding what was going through Ted Turner's mind. Around the time Turner was creating CNN, Soviet forces were invading Afghanistan. That was also the same year as the Iranian hostage crisis. Then four years later, the United States invaded and overthrew the regime in Grenada. President Reagan had proposed a strategic defense initiative, proving to all that defending the U.S. from what was deemed the new Cold War was of national importance. Americans had seen the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Vietnam War, and a general deterioration of foreign relations all over the world. From there until 1990, the Cold War slowly ground down as the Soviet Union dissolved, East and West Germany united, and the threat of a nuclear war became less likely. But the image of nuclear war, of assured mass destruction, was a very real threat in the minds of many Americans. In fact, because of a lack of communication and a training exercise, there were actually 10 days in November of 1983 that almost led to a nuclear war between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. But that's probably a story for another episode. The point is, it was a very real scenario to many that there may be a day when the world is ending, and Ted Turner thought if that happened, he should stay on the air. And just like many television stations used to begin and end each day with the national anthem, the same should go with the end of the world. Well, we don't have to guess what's on that tape anymore because eventually it made its way to the internet. And I'm going to share it with you after a few quick messages. Do you like jokes? How about stories? What about magic tricks? If you said yes to any of those, you'll love my weekly live stream show, Joke Story Trick Live. Every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, we gather to tell listener jokes, do magic, even learn magic, and bring on a special guest to tell a story. We've had everyone from a sitting U.S. congressman to television stars to WWE wrestlers. It's always a great time, and it's a free show. Just go to jokestorytrick.com to watch past episodes or tune in every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's jokestorytrick.com. I hope to see you there. I'm excited to be partnered with this company because it's a product that I've used and loved for years. Scotty Vest makes gear that looks great and is packed with pockets. And as much as I travel, that's always been a huge perk. But even on years like this one where I don't travel as much, my Scotty Vest fleece is just as useful because I'm always carrying so much stuff with me. My wallet, my phones, my keys, my mask, and there's a pocket for everything. Not only that, they now have an awesome new face mask that allows you to even use a straw while wearing it. Go to scottyvest.com 
That's S-C-O-T-T-E-V-E-S-T dot com and use my promo code, tell me, all one word, for 15% off your order. That's scottyvest.com and enter promo code, tell me. If you're a fan of this show, my other show, Joke Story Trick, or my comedy magic career in general, you should consider supporting me by joining my Patreon. I work hard to make sure that there's always fresh content on there, including bonus footage, exclusive videos, and free stuff like stickers, balloons, drink koozies, and more. You can join for as little as a dollar a month and can leave at any time. I consider the folks over at Patreon my most loyal and true fans, and I would love to see you there too. Just go to patreon.com slash Michael Kent and choose what level of membership is best for you. You can pledge $1, $5, or $10 and get more and more bonuses the more you pledge. Once again, that's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. Hi, Wolf Blitzer. You're in the Situation Room. Michael Balaban is the name of a guy who was an intern at CNN in 2009, working on the Situation Room with Wolf Blitzer. Prior to working there, he remembers hearing from a college professor who had also worked at the network about the Doomsday Tape. It was the first time Michael had heard of such a thing. But one day, while bored at work, he remembered the story that his professor had told him, and he decided to look into the database. And there it was. Turner Doomsday Video. Native Aspect Ratio, Native Standard Definition 4.3. Restriction. Hold for release till end of world confirmed. While he admits to watching the video back then, Michael Balaban didn't save the video in 2009. However, six years later, he would end up writing an article for Gawker and actually got his hands on a copy of the tape. So the internet said it was true, and it is. Ted Turner lost control of his network when it merged with Time Warner and was bought by AOL. He said in numerous interviews that the merger didn't go the way he wanted once AOL got involved, and he ended up getting forced out. The tape, however, survives at CNN, and here it is for you to listen to. The video that Ted Turner intended for CNN to play. It's a military band playing Nearer My God to Thee before the video fades to black. It's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend and see if they already know what we have just learned. 
Today I've invited comedian Jay Black on the show. Jay is a stand-up comedian, screenwriter, and actor who regularly opens for Kevin Nealon on the road. I've known him for years from doing college gigs together. Michael Kent! It's good to on, see Jay you, Black. brother. I know. How many years has it been since we since we hung out? It's probably been I, several. It's. I mean, the last time I remember us spending time together was in APCA, Atlanta. In Atlanta. And I, and I had my son with me. And oh, it was when... Keen. Yeah, Lil Keen. Yeah. He did magic for him in the basement of that, uh, of that hotel. Yeah, I remember. He loved it. He loved magic. Yes, he did. And you did a great job. And he was, uh, uh, of all of the stuff that he did that weekend, it was you and the Coca-Cola Museum that really got him going. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, when in Rome, you have to you have to do as the Romans do, and that yeah. is drink a boatload of Coke. Can I take a moment, though, and just say two things to you before we get into it? Yeah. One, I love Penn and Teller. I, since yeah. I was a kid, I love Penn and Teller. I'm probably the only person in the world who's seen Penn and Teller uh, get killed more than once. <laughs> Love that movie. And, I'm, you know, I, I haven't seen you in a while. We followed each other on Twitter. And I see you post the link that you were on with Penn and Teller on television, was, Michael yeah. Kent. I did the show. Yeah. That, of, of anything else, honestly, if you had met Gandhi, less <laughs> impressive. If you had said, oh, I, did, I went backpacking over the weekend with Barack Obama, I'd be like, tell me what Teller smells like. <laughs> far more exciting to me so that's uh, all i just want to say congratulations that's you. amazing thank you uh it was a, an unbelievable experience so uh our our quiz today has nothing to do with any of this sorry i just want you we haven't talked in so long michael I kent i no, wanted no, to I, chat with you about i appreciate it. the i appreciate the conversation um it's just it's a tough segue because what we're going to talk about is a video okay in my quiz uh, we have stakes for all of these questions, and there are five of them, five questions. Okay. For this first question, if you get it right, I will wear two masks next time I go out in public. Okay, well, smart move either way. If you get it wrong, single mask. Oh, uh, you, So you're risking death based on yeah. whether or not my knowledge is here. All right, let's do it. My health depends on your knowledge. That's basically right. what we're talking about. In Pretty 2015, enough. a decades-old piece of video was leaked from the CNN archives, which until then had only been rumored to have existed. Was it a second angle of the Kennedy assassination? Okay. B, a doomsday tape to be played when the world ends? Or C, operating room footage of Lou Dobbs getting a vasectomy? <laughs> well, first off, how erotic, that <laughs> third one. Uh, it's B. It was, uh, the, if there was a nuclear bomb dropping, this was CNN coming in to go, uh, smoke them if you got them. I, I'm very <laughs> excited about that, yeah. You are correct. It is B. Jay, next time I go into public, double mask for me. Look at that. You're avoiding your own doomsday, Michael. That's, <laughs> that's right. I do not have a video prepared. Uh, I should do that. For this question, this is question number two, and I should note that with your job, you've met lots of famous people, or at least semi-famous, yeah. and yeah. I have as well. If you get this question right, I will tell you the worst celebrity encounter I've had. If you get it wrong, you have to tell me the worst celebrity encounter you've had. Sure, got it. You, oh, it, it was quick. You already have it in mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I'll tell it to you either way. Okay, okay. What was Ted Turner's first career? A, was he a used car salesman? B, a billboard salesman? 
or C, a bison rancher? C, bison rancher. Ah, I'm sorry. He was a billboard salesman. Ah, he bought a bison rancher at one yes, point. Though, he right? was okay. a bison rancher, um, but that became after you know after he got money. Uh, so hit me with your your celebrity moment. Okay, so I was uh, you know I write movies. You know that's my other job, and I had written a TV pilot that was getting made called Polly with Paul Servino uh, from Goodfellas. Michael Madsen was in it. Janine Garofalo. My childhood crush, uh, all sorts of people were in it. Uh, but that's not, they were all fantastic. That's not my celebrity story. While I'm out there, the guy I wrote it with, my writing partner, Brian Herzlinger, he's good friends with Heather Graham because they did a movie together. If you know Heather Graham, she's Roller Girl from yeah, Boogie Nights. So she goes, I'm having a, I'm going to a birthday party at Moby's house. Do you want to go to Moby's house? And I go, yeah, sure, let's go. So we go to Moby's house. And uh, we, we get there and two things happened that just made me feel terrible. Uh, the first one is at the time I was only drinking Jack and Coke. Uh, I don't know why. It was just a thing I was into. And um, Moby's a, a vegan or some sort of food thing that he eats that the food was terrible. That's all I know <laughs> is that if you go to a party at Moby's house, you're going to eat cookies that taste terrible. So, uh, I'm looking for Coke. And I asked like three or four people where the Coke might be, forgetting I was at a Hollywood party and that the th they might be thinking I was asking for something else. <laughs> so the fourth time I asked, this huge dude walks over to me and he's a, like a bodyguard or a bouncer at Moby's house. And he goes, I don't know what kind of party you think this is, but uh, you know, stop asking people for Coke. And I had to do the thing where I was like, Oh, no, 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 no. It's just that Moby's tastes are terrible. I need a drink of Coca-Cola. And that, but the second part of that story is that they, they said absolutely no pictures in there. You know, if you're just like a traveler. Okay. So Michael, I go down in his garage. He's turned his garage into a, like a DJ area and he's spinning. I guess that's the term. Is that what the millennials say? Spinning? I, yeah, I think yeah. so. So I go in and everybody's dancing. My friend Brian is dancing with Heather Graham, right? And I'm like, oh, wow, maybe something will happen. Nothing did. So they're dancing. Everybody's dancing. And I can't help it. I got to take a picture of this. Uh, and, the, and the flash was on. Oh, so I no. took a picture. And it was like a TV series. Like, it, like everything stopped. And it turned around. And I swear I did the thing where I turned to like, Hoof! Who did? They said no pictures like that. Uh, so I have like one really bad flash picture of everybody kind of mid dance from Moby's garage in the hills of Hollywood. Oh my God. That is amazing. That is amazing. Uh, that is, is a fantastic story. And you should be on my show joke story trick sometime to tell that story. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that's what we do is I, I get people on to tell stories exactly like that one. Unbelievable. Thank you for telling a story. Thank you for letting me. Uh, question number three, if you get this one right, I will send you a tell me what to Google sticker in the mail. I've got Ooh. 200 of them left uh, and the show isn't called that anymore. So they're collector's items. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, if you get it wrong, you have to college. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, if you get it wrong, you have to send me some sort of J black merch. I don't know. I got a Frisbee somewhere. <laughs> uh, put these end of the world scenarios in order from least likely to most likely. Okay. One, giant meteor. Two, nuclear annihilation. Three, alien invasion and destruction. 
Okay. Uh, first Least off, likely I'm, to most likely. I know we don't get political, but uh, Trump twenty twenty four not on the list. That would no, be yeah, yeah, not not on the list, but could be related to any of these three things, really. right? Alien would I would say is least okay. Meteor is second least. Nuclear annihilation first least most likely. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'll give it to you. We'll say that that's correct. Uh, I'll send you a sticker in the mail. I don't know that I have them in the same order. Um, yeah, I probably have them in the same order. I would think giant meteor and nuclear annihilation are both really close. Okay. Question four. If you get this right, I will take my entire last paycheck from a show and put it into savings right as oh, soon as we're done. Okay. If you get it wrong, I will finally, I will finally, hang on a second. We got a call. Let me start that part over. That's your wife calling going, you should put it into savings no matter what, Michael. <laughs> well, you know, I was just about to bring her up because if you get it wrong, I will finally put in the new floors my wife's been asking me about. Oh, wow. I got a lot of uh, pressure on myself. I a should, lot of pressure on this. I thing. should tank this either way for your wife. <laughs> you should. The final song on the Doomsday Tape is Nearer My God to Thee. For what reason is this song most well-known? Nearer My God. One. Oh, I know this. It was played at Abraham Lincoln's funeral. Two, it was played during the sinking of the Titanic. Three, it was composed by Ted Turner. So I know the answer to this, but I, I got to be on the side of your wife. So I'm going to say Lincoln. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that is incorrect. Oh, is it? My <laughs> God. Don't say that it was the Titanic, Michael. No. <laughs> it was the Titanic. What? And Damn it. I thought uh, I knew it. So <laughs> I've got to put in new floors. You're welcome, Mrs. Kent. I've been putting off uh, going to, to meet with the contractor about it. Um, we've been talking about it forever. So I will I will get on that this week, Jay. Sorry, you know, I, I usually know these things so well. I don't know and, what happened. And when I go to the store and when I sign that contract, I will be thinking of you. Oh, thank you so much. I hope every time you walk on the floor, you think of my face. <laughs> Mike, Michael, did you ever play? Uh, have you ever played a cruise ship? Yes. Uh, I have the feeling that if we were sinking, they would send us up to do like time. Yeah. Be like, hey, just do like on the deck while the boat's sinking just to keep yeah. everybody occupied well that's basically what happened with covid right like the the folks were stuck on the ship and yeah. the entertainers were still on the ship and they were they were left to try to entertain people and perform uh extra shows they they had gone through all the material that wow. they had they were coming up with new shows on the ship just to entertain the guests because some of these folks were on the ship two weeks longer than they were supposed to be you know, I that's and for the people at home, performers think they're invincible if they have a gig. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I can't, I can't get COVID. I'm doing, I'm doing comedy. That's right. it wouldn't happen. It's yeah. just our brain set is we got to do the gig no matter what. No matter what, the show must go on. So, question five. This one's for all the marbles. If you oh, get wow. this wrong, I'm banning you from this show, never to be asked on again. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. Well, Jay, <laughs> uh, this is a this is a, a tough one. Okay, here's the question: mm. What are you most looking forward to when the pandemic is officially over? Oh, geez, this is a tough one. Uh, now, I should say 
you know, uh, going to see my friends and family again, but that's not it. Uh, <laughs> it, it should be, uh, you know, hugging my child and bringing them to school, but that's not it. Uh, it's seeing a movie. Seeing a movie. I haven't seen a movie. There's, I Close second is having uh, breakfast at a diner where they bring you coffee. Like just on that unlimited coffee refill. Yeah. I miss that so much. Just look yeah. down and see hot coffee there. But that's second. First, I I joined, uh, and I'm no way sponsored by this, the AMC Movie Pass thing mm-hmm. where you get to see three free movies. Or, I mean, you pay $25 a month. You get to see three movies a week. Yeah. I, I had a year of that. And I saw three movies every week. There's a movie theater around the sh- corner from my house for like, you know, unless I was gigging, in which case I would only see one or two. Uh, I miss it more than anything. The lights coming down. Yeah. And, it's an experience. You know, go, it's an event. Yeah. Going in there in the summer where it's 112 degrees outside and like negative nine in the theater. <laughs> the and, smell uh, of the popcorn. Ah, uh, and just seeing Hollywood crap again. I just, <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I miss it. Well, you got that question uh, correct. So you will be back on the show sometime. Uh, <laughs> Jay, it has been awesome having you on, man. Tell people where they can find out about you. So, uh, listen, I got a website, but there's nothing on it right now because I'm not gigging. But my big thing is Twitter. I'm, I'm all in on Twitter because uh, in my head it's 2011. Uh, please see me on Twitter. Jay Black is funny. J-A-Y-B-L-A-C-K-I-S. F-U-N-N-Y, Jay Black is funny. Twitter, please find me there. I can vouch for his Twitter. Uh, you are one of my favorite tweeters. Come on, thank and, you. Uh, you commonly come up as the top reply to a lot of the people that I follow on Twitter. Uh, so I think our Twitter uh, universe is probably very similar uh, in terms of who we follow. So thanks thank again, man. If you're on political Twitter, I've probably annoyed you at some point. Yes. Like yes. Say. Yeah. Right. Well, thanks for having me. This was awesome, buddy. I appreciate it. It's good to see your face. Take care, man. You too, buddy. See you later. Well, that's all for this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please help me out by leaving a review of the podcast on iTunes along with a sentence or two, because writing a few words helps a ton to allow other people to listen. Tune in next week to learn something new if the internet says it's true. The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions put them at producer status. Sean Brown, Catherine Morgan, Taylor Hurt, Bryce Swanson, Mitch Joseph Kemplin, Alan Sokolik, Eugene Anderson, Matt McVeigh, and Scott Schuler. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and additional music this week was from Aaron Kinney. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Michael Kent.